What's going on, everybody? Hey, a special Leafs preview game edition with my buddy Anthony here. You've seen him on the airwaves a couple times with Offside. We got him today. The Flyers are in town. Looking forward to this one. Anthony, how's it going, buddy? Doing well, James. It's uh, It's been an interesting season so far um, with the Flyers. Certainly, certainly um, unexpected in some ways. And uh, looking forward to talking about it with you. Yeah, well, so far, I mean, the Flyers, I mean, they're absolutely rolling right now. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Before we jump into the Flyers, I want to ask you the burning question that everybody's talking about. With you covering the Flyers, obviously it comes with, you know, the old Flyers, you know, the way that they played, the Broad Street Bullies, all that stuff. What Morgan Riley did with Ridley Gregg? I want to ask the question. Do you think that he had right to have umbrance of what happened? I don't like the action, but mm-hmm. I like the fact there was a reaction for once from a Maple Leaf player. But am I out to lunch to that? Should it just been a let him go? It's a slap shot, big whoop de doo. I, I had no issue. The, the, I didn't have as much of an issue with, with Riley's reaction. It's basically, I think, though, I, it, it felt like the intention, his intention was to give him a shot and it kind of got away from him and got he got him up high. But you, you at the end of the day, you're in control of your stick. Yep, and you know, it doesn't look. And, and you watch obviously the the side angle along the glass where you know kind of straight on, and it looks and it obviously looks pretty. It looks pretty bad. Yeah. So I have no issue necessarily with Riley basically saying, you know, that's kind of showing us up here. You you, you give him, you, you you certainly engage him. You 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 yap, you yap, you engage. Maybe you give him a little. You, you go lower in this case. You don't ride high, and that was the danger that I think Riley basically had in this circumstance and going up high on, on Ridley. Um, but that's, I think the extent of it. I don't think you go anything, anything further than that. It, it, there's talking, there's yapping, there's chirping, there's things of that sort. But again, he, the, the mistake Riley made was that he just got, he, 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 it was almost too caught up in the moment and really wanted to, to kind of, I guess, send the message, but it was interesting again, listening, you know, at how, you know, a lot of even a lot of the least didn't kind of jump to his defense because they were like, "Yeah, that might have been just a bit, a bit, a bit too much in that circumstance." So, yeah, the least have to have a response. I think in that circumstance, they've been frustrated, obviously, in playing against Ottawa. I think we, you know, there's been games in this circumstance, and does it kind of add spice to the to the bat to the Battle of Ontario? Of course, it does. I think that's yeah. absolutely what it does in that circumstance. And Ridley Gregg is, you know, cut from that mold that that agitator mold. You know, a little bit like a, a, a you know, like a Konechny, maybe not quite like a, a Marshawn, but you kind of get that sort of that little extra edge. And again, doing it, and you heard obviously Brady Kachuk thought it was hilarious that he did the slap yeah. shot until everything happened and everything changed. Um, but yeah, it's it's and it's also interesting, kind of a, a way of looking at the at the Senators too, and the fact that under Jacques Martin, they've, they've seemingly started to find themselves and, you know, they, this is a part of finding themselves and being, you know, agitating. I mean, I saw them here, obviously play the flyers in Philadelphia when the flyers blew a three, one lead to Ottawa. And, you know, they, they've, Ottawa's developed kind of a, a chip, a relentlessness about them. And I can, I can see how it can kind of grate on other teams and can lead to potential things like that. Yeah, well, one player, I mean, we we talked about some guys who thought it was funny. One player, I don't think it found it very amusing. I guess he's cut for the old school cloth, is Claude Giroux. Mm-hmm. He almost looked kind of, um, I wouldn't say embarrassed, but didn't want to deal with the subject. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of wasn't 
feeling the fact that it happened. Yeah. And obviously he didn't like the fact the cross checked happened, but he, right. he definitely was more, you know, kind of subdued about it. He wasn't too happy about Greg's side, obviously not Riley's side. Mm-hmm. But for me, for once, it's nice to at least kind of flip a narrative here because for so long that would have happened. We've watched guys fire pucks at Dion Phaneuf. No one mm-hmm. respond. Guys do things like this, and there's no response from the Leafs. And, of course, the next headline the next day is the Leafs are soft as all hell because they don't do anything. They don't respond to anything. They don't stick up for each other. You know, I like the fact that Riley showed a reaction. Mm-hmm. I don't like the action. I think he should have grabbed them along the gra- glass, scrummed them up. Everybody else would have came in. Mm-hmm. It would have been a big scrum, end of the game. Guys would have got tossed out, this, that, and other. And then Riley would still be in the lineup for us. That's the mm-hmm. other big part here. But for me, I finally – Finally, a Leaf had a little bit of a, a jump to him to do something. And maybe yeah. it starts a spark for the Leafs, though, where they start playing for one another. And this is the thing that galvanizes their season that hasn't gone exactly to plan either. No, it, it definitely is not. And it's I know there's a lot of uh, frustrate, frustration, obviously, uh, in the six about uh, about this season so far for the Leafs. And uh, this sort of becomes a little bit it, – it could be a galvanizing event. Sure, you could say that and. You know, some of the commentary, obviously, by Ryan Reeves, which you're kind of like, <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, but it could. Um, but at the same time, I, they're kind of sort of – this is a team that sort of feels like it's a, sort of in between, like they're on the edge of either contention, of, 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 of moving forward, or are they looking to kind of reset? Do they go, you know, obviously at the end of the season, depending on whatever the results are for Sheldon Keith, Are they going to move on from Sheldon Keith? in that circumstance, if they don't really make any progress this year. So it's, you know, if you're trying to sort of spark things in a certain direction, maybe an action, if it was done differently, does that. Um, but we're going to, again, at least you're going to have to obviously tighten things up here uh, without obviously not having Raleigh for a little bit. No, for sure. Well, one thing that kind of comes to my mind here, and I know the Washington Capitals, when they went on their run and won their cup, the expectations going into the playoffs and stuff for them was not very high. They had come off years of making all these deals and bringing mm-hmm. in guys and all that stuff, and it didn't work. And then that season that they kind of just made their way to the playoffs, they ended up going right to the cup. So I'm not saying there's too many parallels. No, here, it's that's true. You might be able to and draw. There is a parallel there, actually. You could talk about, um, you know, Barry Trotz basically yep. was a lame duck. Yes, <laughs> and and and, and we all know, you know, the, whether whether or not what he said to John Torrell at the end of their series when uh, in the second round is that this is my you know this is this is my last whether he said this is, this is my last run anyway, yeah. Um, we all can debate about whether or not that was said or not said, but the end result was what it was, and the question is whether or not the you know the the, the Leafs have the same level of sort of you know pulling togetherness that the Caps had for Trots. Yeah, will they have that for Keith? Again, well, that's a big, that's, that's again every every dyna- every situation is different. The group dynamics are different, so I just don't. It's just not something you can really predict. No, it's not definitely. But if you mean if you're a Leaf fan, you look for any slight glimmer of hope there might be, and that is one you can pull from. Um, I want to ask you, but the Flyers will move into them here. Mm-hmm. Um, Harrison in the net, this guy here. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. I haven't heard it a whole. Yeah, right, Sam Harrison. Um, you got it. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy's come in. He's looked pretty darn good. Looked last year. I mean, his record, he, he got into 12 games. He started 10. He was 9-3. Um, um, just our, I think it was 9-3 or 6-3, and three, something like that, mm-hmm. last season. But he's obviously had a little bit of experience. He comes in this season, obviously, the dark cloud that was the Carter Hart situation. Yeah. And that being taken care of, we won't even touch on that here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll just talk about Harrison. But he's come in and he stabilized in that position here by the look of things. On, on Just from a 30,000-foot look, 
And I'm wondering for you, this guy coming in, is it going to be his net going forward this season? Are the Flyers looking for something? Um, there's all kinds of chatter about them moving guys out, but I mean, now you're on a four game kind of heater. You start to climb a little bit. What is the the vibe for him and the Flyers? Is this a guy they want to build around in the net or is this just a flash in the pan kind of thing right here? No, I think they're absolutely building around him. I think he's got, he's had the confidence of John Tortorella for about a couple seasons. Now Tortorella's talked, talked, talked him up as much as torch does says he doesn't like to talk about goaltenders yeah. he's got i think he's got a lot of time for sam urson i think urson's personality he's got a fairly you know even keeled unflappable type of personality um i think he's he's, he's you know early in the se- it was interesting early in the season he had a lot of struggles playing in the backup role last season obviously he had much more time obviously in lehigh valley and as he's trying to as he was coming back from the injury that he had the pre the previous season so he had to kind of build himself back up um but he had been used to kind of getting used to this playing in the starter role in lehigh valley and then he comes to philly he got some starts there towards the end of the season looked pretty good and then obviously it's him and hart and he had to early in the season urson struggled he had some really rough goes while hart was off to a pretty good start and then he started to, you know, the the the, the t- it, it was interesting to watch because there were times where I felt like the defense played tighter around Urson than they did around Hart. Like Hart yeah. kind of had that reputation, obviously, of you know you, you play a little loose and sort of he'll 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 you know save your bacon with with, with some stops. Um, Urson, I think they played a little tighter in front of, but he he steadily got better and better and better as the season has gone as the season has gone on. And I don't think there's any question about it. Sam Urson's their goaltender. It, it's certainly through the end of this season for sure. Um, and, and partly because I don't think there's not really a choice in the matter. Organizational depth right now for goaltending is not trim is not great. Um, I mean, obviously they had to bring up Cal Peterson. They had to bring up uh, and and Peterson actually had a good start the other night against Seattle to his credit, but up until then his last started in the NHL had been I think November 11th before he had gone back down to to Lehigh. So and then beyond that, you have Felix Sandstrom, and again it's kind of kind of threadbare. But then of course you've got deeper in the system you've got a Kolosov who's going to come over from Minsk next year. So I'm fired and he's playing extremely well in Minsk, but but he already signed his ELC. He'll be yep. with the fans next year. So there's always this sort of look ahead with other goaltenders. You have Carson Bjarnason as well, who probably will turn pro next year. Further on, you got it. If Granny's of Reagan, I think as well, but he won't be at least for another three years. So there's always that sort of look to, it's an interesting situation. It feels to me like the flyers kind of were preparing themselves for the long term here with their goaltending situation. But I, I do believe that Urson's been certainly he has, he has the, the trust of John Tortorella. Uh, in that um, and that's and he's going to be their guy down the stretch I think they have every bit of confidence they have the advantage I think of the schedule but you know not having as compacted a schedule as they had in January when they yep. when they slid right before the all-star break they, they were a team that looked completely gassed and now they have a little bit of spacing with the games until the schedule does get compacted again when you get into March um, but Urson's going to get the lion's share of the starts. He's going to be he's going to be their starter. If they're going to be if you're going to be in the playoffs this year, Sam Urson will be the guy in the net for them. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing him tonight. Obviously, I'm hoping the Leafs can get a couple by him. But uh, yeah, no, his numbers look stellar, and he looks like a guy that you can definitely start to build out from. But again, myself looking at thirty thousand feet, you don't know the depth of the organization like you know your own depth of your organization. So it's good to hear what's there and what's coming up. Um, another thing for the Flyers announced last night was uh, Coots being named captain. And uh, we see Couturier out here for the QMJHL. 
Uh, it's good to see him, obviously. Get that captaincy. Good player. I always used to draft him in my fantasy pools. It was so bad to hear about all the injuries he faced. And yeah. there was a little bit of time there where people th- thought maybe he might not even get to come back. And, you know, I, that was named, that was bandied around a little bit. But uh, for you, John Couturier being named captain, what does it mean to hear that name with the captain on his chest? What does he bring to the organization? Obviously, fan favorite, but what else does he bring leadership-wise that, you know, Leaf fans might not know about? I think when it comes to Sean, again, he's had, as you just mentioned, the two years that he's basically two seasons that he lost due to obviously his back injuries. And that was obviously the big concern coming into the season. What kind of player would Sean Couturier be? Um, are they, you know, uh, you know, the Flyers obviously locked in on a long term deal with, with, with yep. Couturier and obviously uh, shortly after and then the injuries occurred. So you had to kind of figure out, you know, going forward, what exactly that you had. And I don't think it's a coincidence even a little bit that the Flyers resurgence for as much as we talk about some of the other things, the Ursons, obviously, um, you know, some of the young defensemen in system. When you talk about, you know, you know, a, a Travis Konechny, uh, a Bobby Brink, who's obviously back down with fan. It's at the end of the day, having a healthy Sean Couturier allows the Flyers to have a just a better lineup and better yep. matchups. Uh, in you know, but again, you just didn't know physically where he was. Now we know end of last season he wanted to get in. He felt ready, and the Flyers decided not to not to play him. They wanted to give him the summer. And I know John Torello pretty much said he was absolutely miserable about that in terms of Couturier. He wanted to be in. Sometimes and you got to protect yourself from yourself. You do. But he, they, the, the feeling was, was that he was ready, but they were down to like two games to go, like two, three games to go in the season. They just didn't see a point to doing it. They wanted to kind of make sure that he was fully, you know, in full recovery. But again, after two back, after injuries like that, you just don't know exactly what it is um, that you're getting. And in this circumstance, are you going to get the same, you know, the offensive numbers necessarily at the clip that he had is is Selkie year? Not necessarily per se, but he's such a he's so strong two hundred. He's such a strong two hundred foot player. He's yep. got such a bank of experience at this point now for many of the young players. Um, and I brought this up the other day. It was interesting. They had a video. I, it was kind of almost coincidental that uh, Jordan <laughs> Hall from uh, NBC Sports Philly had a video showing sh- showing Couturier. Couturier is showing other younger players how to take faceoffs and draws. And I joked, I said, I rem- I'm old enough to remember when he was a young player struggling against doing faceoffs himself. And Bobby Clark had come out to help him, and he helped Drew as well. Yep. You know, this is something that obviously Clark would do because he was such a faceoff ace. But he was going through tips and that, and all of a sudden. Couturier is doing the same thing with some of the younger players on the Flyers and, 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 Man, and taking flies. draws. And time flies, and you know, and then coincidentally that evening, the Flyers announced that uh, that Couturier was going to be named captain. Again, this was kind of this was definitely out of the blue. Just t- John Tortorella hadn't it hadn't seemed like that John Tortorella and the management had seemed very keen on having a captaincy for a little bit. It may have been just a case where they were just wanting to see where Couturier was. Couturier was Health always was, yeah. Yeah, it was either that we the feeling always had been if the, the next captain was either going to be Couturier or maybe Scott Lawton. Lawton had been kind of, you know, sort of like, a, like the verbal guy uh, in this circumstance for the team as well. He talks that. all the time, and you know the and the decision. I think the stru- the decision for the leadership group I think is a logical one. Couturier has been through a lot. The players all respect him, you know, universally on that team. 
you add it, Travis Konechny obviously gets, you know, obviously getting has the A as well. He, you know, he's kind of moved into a leadership role, kind of the engine, the, you know, the engine for the team to get kind of bring them into the fight. And then obviously Lawton as well. Uh, but for Couturier, I think it's just a case where it was logical. He has the experience. He's got the, again, today he's, he's going to be here. He's got the long-term deal. Yeah, he's, he's not he's going anywhere. Um, but he's also a natural, I think, in terms of just as the team begins to transition, you know, it currently he's kind of in that, you know, he's obviously in the top line center role, but as the flyers are going to be probably looking out for, to get eventually a number one center for the future, it would, you can see Katuriak sort of, you know, being in that middle role, but eventually that second line role, maybe third line roles, he gets into his mid thirties and still provide you with, still provide you with that, you know, that, that gra- gravitas, whatever you want to call it, yep. gravitas, uh, it, it, that you, you need, and he's just kind of there consistently and he's physically back. So again, for me, it was, when it was announced, it was not a surprise. Uh, it was just a surprise that the Flyers chose this week, but again, with the stadium series coming up on sat on Saturday in North Jersey, why not do it now? You know, why not? Yeah. Well, all, all eyes are on you right now with that. And you're, and you're in Toronto too. So, yeah. you know, obviously the questions will be up there as well. So, you know, yeah, it's a good market to get some uh, some attention from. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> so there's no, it's not always bad here with the evil telecoms popping the Leafs. You know, whoever's in town gets a little shine too. Uh, we all know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything on the ice. This week, new customers can bet five bucks and get two hundred instantly in bonus bets. You want to check out the Flyers and Leafs tonight? Lay a bet down. That may be the way to do it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8HOPE-NY or text 467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for your problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill and Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions. Terms and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright the NHL 2024. All rights are reserved. It's four in a row right now. We talked about this a couple mm-hmm. of moments ago for the Flyers. Yeah. What's clicking for them? You talked to them being a little sluggish, tired, wore out going into the All-Star break. What's working right now and why are they rolling so well? I think and the, the the timing of the All-Star break, as much as t- players don't like to be off the ice and, and be off for over a week, yeah, it can't. It, it was fortuitous. Even some of the players said this may be at the right time that this that this break was happening. And and again, when they started the first game against Florida, Florida was all over them after the All Star break that first period. Yeah, uh, and whether it was something that John Tortorella said, whether or not the players realized, hey, we can't let this continue. I think that win over. I think that come from behind win against the defending Eastern Conference champs in their barn. I think certainly got that weight off them, you know, and, and I think they've played again, much better. Uh, I would say that the, the Winnipeg Jets game was probably one that was not great when I covered uh, because they got a lead and they kind of sat on it. And 
they even though they won four to one, the second and third period was definitely Winnipeg's game. Philly just took their foot off the gas. I love the Leafs, and they and they they knew it themselves. And again, to their the Flyers' credit, after that, the, the 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 games after that, the Seattle game, and then obviously the even the Arizona game, they fell behind, but there was never that sort of you know it was not good to see obviously falling behind, but there was a feeling in that game that they were going to be able to handle things and get into the third period and be able to get ahead. And obviously the, another Sean Couturier moment, he gets the game winning goal in that game shortly after John Tortorella basically <laughs> yelled, you know, basically was talking to him in his ear and he goes out and he gets the game winner because Coots wasn't, you know, necessarily, I needed him in the game. He yeah. can't take off a game. And I think that was sort of like the final thing where the Flyers were just like, you know, and, and obviously Torts basically did the the middle finger and said that was his middle finger to me. And <laughs> sometimes you have to have a captain who's willing to get who's, who's willing to do that. Well, yeah, you got to give the give and the take, right? I mean, exactly. you're willing to take the criticism, Precisely. but if you get rolling and do something, yeah. you got to kind of give it back a little bit yeah. too. And that was good. You need that too because you need that. I think. And it's just maybe they just felt like again now was the right time for that to happen, especially coming off four in a row. And the players are feeling really good. Uh, about themselves keep the um, vibes going exactly it's very much a vibe this is very much a, a vibes it's very much a vibes team but i would also say structurally they've been really when they're on they they they've they've been able to play against just about anybody which has been which has been remarkable considering most of us thought they were in the going to be in the celebrity sweepstakes this season and they're listen there's close. one guy over here that actually put out a tweet before the season started and i said mm-hmm. they were going to be ahead of certain teams and up in the standings, and everybody was like, "Man, you're at the lunch." But I just felt the Flyers. It was time. Quartz's pattern too has been yeah. by year two or year. But they, they, he, he gets these teams to be. These get the. He gets these teams to be competitive. I think they have the advantage of having some good coaching. Certainly, Bradshaw I think has been absolutely stellar with the penalty kill. Uh, the Flyers are obviously top. You know, top five in the league in penalty kill, um, utilizing the power. You know, obviously using the power kill concepts. And adding to the mix, the fact that just the, the defense is developing, the young defensemen on the team are developing at, at a pretty rapid rate. Travis Sanheim, I think it's been a pretty good year. He's had some ups and downs, Sanheim, but I think for the most part, you know, they're, he's another player that they are like committed to for the long term now. On yeah, they're, they're very high on him for sure. He's strong here yeah. too. Yeah, exactly. So all, add all these things into the mix here for Philly. I would genuinely, I, I think we're at a point now where, again, it's been up and down and they need to kind of continue the up pattern here. You're going to lose some games here and there. Certainly once the schedule gets more compacted, um, they're going to have their wins and losses. Will they make the postseason? It's it, I, I, it's getting tougher for me to say no. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> it's getting a lot tougher for me to say no. Early Up until the new year, I would have been like, eh. Think the other and other teams are going to start to 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 be really begin to realize and say, oh God, we need to get things going here. Uh, well, that may, have, that may have more that may have more up higher end talent in their lineup than Philly does. Well, there might be teams too that right now this trade deadline's coming up in like three weeks, and there's a lot of teams that are still in the mix that really most people thought would be out of the mix and making sales and you know sending guys out mm-hmm. the door. So some teams might figure what they are at that point too, and also give Philly an advantage. You know, if they decide to keep the pat where they are. They may actually yeah. benefit from some of that. Uh, we talked about Torts a moment ago, you know, the middle finger from Couturier scoring the goal, <laughs> joking around. Yeah, yeah. He seems to have the ear of this group really well. And also mm-hmm. with Torts, any team he coaches, he would run through a brick wall for his guys. We've seen every stop that he's been along the yeah. way. And he's a hard coach. He expects everything out of his guys. But if you're willing to do the things that he wants you to do, mm-hmm. he's willing to back you. 
but he's also willing to grill you if you're not going to do it. What is it with torts in this group? Because obviously, you know, some guys nowadays, the younger guys especially, would tune out a coach like John Tortorella. They don't like the yelling, and it's been pretty well documented. You know, they more like the, let's just say, the Sheldon Keefe approach, mm-hmm. where it's a little bit more lackluster, you know, and it's not as more bombastic with the way that he addresses them via the media or even face-to-face. I don't think he's the thing. Here's the thing about he doesn't call. I think the, he, he has evolved, and I've had conversations with um, other writers who have covered him in the past and, and more recent past, which I think is really kind of important, is that I do think there's been – Tortorell, I think John Torrell has, has evolved as a coach. I think the he's always going to be who he's going to be. He's going to be he's he's not going to he's going to be utterly honest. But I think that's his calling card, and I think the players yeah. appreciate that that they owe that there's not mind games. And I've heard in the past with previous coaches um, that 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 you know with some of the players who have been on the team before that you know it may not be public or anything, but you might the coach may say one thing and then something else happens. Torts, I think when he says he's going to do something, it's going to happen, basically. Yeah. And the players are like, okay, where do I stand? Where and he wants he wants the players too to also come to him, which sometimes I kind of I, I kind of feel like sometimes the coach does need to kind of seek out the player in certain circumstances, but he wants players like, for example, Morgan Frost, for example. Yep. One of the reasons why Frost seasons kind of turned and he's played as well as he had is because of several meetings that he had when he was taken out of the lineup. He initiated the conversation with John Torella, and, and Tortorella encourages that. He wants his players to have an open dialogue, but he says, I'm going to be honest with you as to what it is I need from you. Yeah. And Very I honest, think yeah. that goes a long way, I think, for for for, for players that feel like, well, at least I don't have to think about, you know, what you know, what John Torrell thinks wrong? of me. What am I doing? Yeah, I know he's gonna he's gonna say it. And there's going to be time. He's going to be, but he's also going to defend his guys. He's never going to be sort of specifically sort of tearing someone up in the press. He's not yeah. going to do that. That's, that's not what, that's not how he operates. He's going to defend his, he's going to, he, he's going to, I don't want to say necessarily defend his guys, but he'll talk about them as a, more as a collective yeah. and what needs to be done um, in, in those circumstances, what they do as a team. For example, that Winnipeg game, 4 1 win. Kind of had an idea that might the, con, the press conference may or may not go well in this circumstance. It was over in one minute four seconds. We really, when we first question was asked about the effort of the team in the second and third period, Tortorella put up this. He said zero, which yeah. was basically zero effort. And be, after that, most of the most of the responses were no more than three words, and we were done. The interview was done in, in, in one minute and four seconds. Yeah. So even in wins, he's going to be. He, 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 this he has this standard, and this is what the players kind of have to meet. But he also has some interesting other conversations, like after the after last night's game against against Phoenix, where he says, you know, we have to sometimes find you know t- find different ways to win. Like it's not just sort of one way to do it, but the effort level is something that he is unequivocal about. Well, that's what you want, though, as a player. You want mm-hmm. to know a where you stand, but also b. I was the same way a couple of weeks ago with the Maple Leafs. They got a victory, but there was things in the game where you're like, man, they really need to keep these going. You let bad habits creep in, then it becomes the next game is not a win, it's a loss because of those things you didn't focus on. And I think John Tortorella is the same way. He sees those things, and you got to weed those out quickly and nip it in the bud. doesn't matter if you win 4-1, 10-1. If you see things you don't like, you want good habits constantly going forward, and that's probably what he's trying to drill and instill into that team 
that those things are constantly what you need to do. Not, hey, you got a 4-1 lead. Take your foot off the gas and play lackadaisical because that's when chances happen, shots happen, and then we all know goals and bad things happen. So you don't want that. So, hey, shout out to Torch for that. It's always been the same way, though. I've seen him everywhere. He always is the same kind of guy. He's never different. But also, I like the way when he wasn't coaching there for a little bit, he was in the media a little bit, and you got mm-hmm. to see kind of a, a different side of him as well, yeah. which was great because it opened the door to more of what the players see, and we got to see that side of Torch. So I love that. Yeah, no, and he still he'll, he'll, he'll still make his comments of like, no, yeah. but this is this is still a you know about young players. This is you know this is, quote, it's a dumb league, and it's like, yeah, you're gonna get that as 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 someone once said to me. He's like you know the, he's the uh, he's the cantankerous old Italian uncle. You know he's gonna be kind of you know this is how I don't like it, but I get the world is different, so we're you know I'll deal with that. But that doesn't mean I'm not gonna give you my my opinions on it. Well, one thing that I like about him too, and we'll talk about the game tonight now, is last year when he was here in Toronto, he defended Sheldon Keefe from the Toronto media, you know, and say, lucky to have a coach like this. And just the comments he made, you know, mm-hmm. in backing of Keefe because of all the noise around him, I thought that was really good as well. Um, you know, not just for his own team, but just another coach in the, mm-hmm. you know, the coach of brethren, right? But uh, tonight we got the Leafs and Flyers. Yes. Leafs looking to keep things rolling, kind of been going okay as of late. Uh, four and two in their last six, trying to get some more points, obviously to keep up with the Tampa Bay Lightning, obviously to keep away from the teams that are nipping at their heels. Um, what would the Leafs have to do to beat this Flyer team tonight? Obviously, Arison's going to come in and probably shut the door because every goalie that we've never really faced before or is kind of still new to the mm-hmm. league puts up a stone wall against us. It's just a known fact for the Leafs. And also, if there's anybody on the Flyers tonight that needs the bus to slump, always happens against the Leafs. So hopefully someone gets a goal tonight. But what would be the keys to the game be for the Maple Leafs here? You talked about maybe, you know, letting the foot off the gas for the Flyers. Is it spot them a two-goal lead and then try to battle them back? It's not that it's it's forward? kind of like that right now. I don't think you want to give Phil, I don't think you want to give Philadelphia one a, a lead of one or two to nothing cuz then that just because especially it, it being a road game, they're going to play. They're, they're not going to play to be Im- impressive. They're going to look to just lock the game down. I mean, I, the, I would look at the, you know, the, the game they had against Winnipeg, you know, over, you know, before the holidays, you know, when, when we were, when we were over the, you know, back in 20, you know, late part of December, that's yeah. kind of their blueprint. That would be kind of their blueprint in terms of, you know, that's how they want to play. And that was a complete, it was a two nothing game, but it was a complete game um for them and that's really where kind of where philly is at and it's philly's an interesting spot because before they kind of had to play what they what most people would say is their a game to be able to beat a team like toronto yep they've been actually able to win games when they haven't had their a game but still they keep if things are kept close they've been finding ways to 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 get to take games so if you're the leash i think you got to get up on top early if you can and and you if you can somehow manage to dent that penalty kill, I think that's a really important thing because Philly. The problem with Philly is that they will absolutely they're they're voracious in terms of going after any kind of mistakes that a power play might make uh, and take it up the ice. I think they they obviously they lead the league well, in, in shorthanded goals. Um, so that in that respect, that's something you have to be careful of if you're Toronto. Um, it's it's an interesting thing. Like you talked to me like earlier in the season, Flyers going to Toronto. I'd be like, Toronto will out talent them. It's 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 getting it's it's gotten interesting in that regard. Is that because again, Philly, you know, they're they've gotten really good 
center. Obviously, Katori has been really good. Frost, that's been probably one of the biggest things, yeah. I think, too. I as well as stats today is blown away, to be Morgan's honest. Morgan's having a really good season. It's interesting, again, because he was definitely not one of Torts' favorites, for sure. Um, Torts will say he probably doesn't have any favorites in this case, but especially, I think, Morgan, he had been kind of kind of pushing hard on. He's got They've gotten a lot. And Morgan himself has kind of moved up now. And the biggest thing I always said with Morgan was, Keep your feet moving. If he, if he stands still, he's a non-factor. But when, he, but he's been consistently moving. He's been in the middle of the ice, center play, really strong playmaking, everything. So now, almost makes me think differently about the center position for Philadelphia because then you got Lawton obviously behind him, and you have Rant Ryan Paling, who has really been uh, the Flyers who've signed him to a two-year extension and a young These center. Fans know Ryan Paling very well, exactly. And <laughs> and and, the, and again, Paling's been really. A really good player, an outstanding penalty killer for Philadelphia. You know, recovered obviously from from the injuries that he's had from the past few seasons. So, you know, that's and then the Philly Philly's wing depth is obviously pretty good. Obviously, they're not going to have Forster tonight, so that's something that might kind of. It's been kind of an interesting season for Tyson Forster. Uh, not great. Um, there was kind of a lot of expectation, I think, with him. He has moments where he, he looks. He, he's got a lot of tools, but you know, this sophomore slump, so to speak is very, I think kind of pretty real. And obviously he had, he had the injury blocking the shot the other night. So, but then you have other players that are in the lineup, the connect who are definitely going to try to get under your skin. You know, they have a lot of guys in that lineup, even now the question again, they go 11, seven, 12, six. That's been the latest thing here for Philly is the fact they've gone with seven defensemen. They've kind of, because they want to keep Agor Zamula in yep. on defense. Uh, he, Cause he's been, He's been great for the second power play unit, and uh, you know, in many ways, and that's a big thing I think for Philadelphia. Is that even though he doesn't have that traditional sort of, you know, classic power play quarterback defenseman on the back, he's he's very sort of even keeled with how he handles things back there. Um, so again, we'll see if there if it's an eleven seven or twelve six lineup for Philadelphia in terms of how things are how, how Torts has been doing things with uh, with them. So you know, it's gonna be interesting to see. It's going to be an interesting game tonight, too. And obviously, the Maple Leafs right now, they're battling a flu bug. So it looks like we might get uh, John Tavares and William Nylander back. No Mitch Marner yet again. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bobby McMahon stepping up big the other night. So Yeah, hat trick for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and pretty cool to see, you know, a guy that was supposed to be a scratch that night come mm-hmm. in and bought himself a hat trick, which is something the Leafs need. Not a hat trick, but just depth scoring in general. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's good to see those things happening. For me, if the Leafs are to win this game tonight, it's to keep the power play simple, mm-hmm. hammer the puck towards the net, stop passing a thousand times. You were talking about Philly, you know, going shorthanded chances. They're known to make that one too many passes and guys go the other way real quick. So yeah. they could get burned really easily. Uh, and also we're looking for Elias Sampson up to keep it between the ears and keep it going. So I think tonight, looking at this game, I think it's going to overtime. I think it's 3-3 and then it's anybody's game from there. I'm not going to say a winner. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think this game's very much I think this is this is very much a coin, a coin flip 50-50 game here uh and seeing how things break. Leafs need a little bit more. Obviously the Flyers are rolling but they need points too. So um we'll see what happens tonight, man, but Anthony, I want to appreciate the time that you take every single time I ask you to come on. It could be 30 minutes before and you're like, "Yeah, no problem. Let's find a time and get it done." So I appreciate you jumping on previewing tonight's game, talking some Flyers with me. Uh, where can everybody find you just so they can find your work? So um, my Twitter feed or X feed, whatever it's called now, uh, <laughs> is there at Anthony Mangione. Uh, also, uh, most of my work will be, appears in Center Ice Philly, uh, which is a digital magazine uh, for in Philly, Center Ice Philly. Um, also, my podcast that ha- uh, usually happens on the weekend, Off the Post Radio, 
with uh, with XM Sirius's Russ Cohen and the Hockey News is Mike Algello. Many Leafs fans are obviously know know him well. Uh, Mike in Buffalo, so we do our show every once a week uh, on the weekends. Although we'll have to see how we're going to work things out for this week because obviously we're up at, Russ and I are up at the Stadium Series, but we're usually on a weekly broadcast. We cover our teams, but also cover other things going on in the hockey world. Plus have obviously lots of, uh, uh, lots of guests from around the hockey world as well. So uh, that's where you can find me on those three in on those three places. Well, there you go, folks. Make sure you check out Anthony everywhere he is. But tonight we got Leafs and Flyers looking for a good game. My friend, thank you very much. And everyone listening, this is Offside Hockey Talk, where the Maple Leafs and hockey, they come to talk. 